Okie dokie. We are here again. Okie dokie. <laughs> you bring us in. Let's see. Let's get an intro from... I can never do them good. <laughs> Neither can I. I just... You're just so good at it, though. No. <laughs> Fine. We're just already here anyways. Just pretend. Okay, so how do we... What's going on? Is it is it raining over there, too? No, that was me drinking my drink with ice. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. I was just wondering because oh. it's been raining. <laughs> Sunny over here for once. Lovely. It's almost Mother's Day. Oh, my God. When is that? I think it's the 9th. No, don't say that. Yep. It is the fucking 9th. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, I get paid this weekend. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that still isn't enough time, but okay. Um, right. There was something I was going to tell you. Oh, my God. So I learned this little tidbit. Okay. Did you know that sharks have been around longer than trees? Whoa. That may- I mean, it makes sense hearing it out loud, but wow. Yeah. I was like, what? the fuck like and not only are they older than trees but they're also one of the only animals to have survived four of the five mass extinctions they're gonna be the ones to last i know right isn't that crazy yeah it's pretty wild wow i literally sound like i'm fucking high right now like (laughs) oh yeah let's explain to the audience what you told me off record um jeremy spilled some of the two cycle fuel Mm -hmm. in the car so the car like smells really bad with that shit and I was stuck in the car while I was getting the oil changed and (laughs) I literally was in there for like 30 minutes I'm pretty sure those fumes fucked me up because I literally Mm -hmm. feel like I'm on a different planet right now (laughs) fumes is that dangerous I'm pretty sure that is. <laughs> oh my gosh! They were well, if fun. what if you start tell what if you start your episode and then you start not making sense? Do I have to stop you? I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like off the rails, like something else completely, and I'm like, okay, Jeremy, call nine one one. Repeat what I'm saying. Oh my god! The literally. <laughs> And my anxiety was like going through the roof as I'm driving because I was thinking of all these things. Like, what if I pass out? What if I like have like a reaction? Like, I was just going on in my brain. Oh no, it was terrible. That sucks. Well, yep. But here keep I am. Drinking that water. Here I am. Running okay. on fumes. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay. So I don't know if you've heard of this person that I'm going to do today, but I don't think I've heard any other, I mean, I'm sure there are podcasts out there that have done this person, but I haven't heard any from the ones that I listen to. So awesome. Yeah. So let's see. Where do I begin? (laughs) Okay. So Mazna Ismail better known as Mona Fandy. That's the person who we're doing, Mona Fandy. Not ringing a bell. No. Ooh. Okay. no. Uh, she was born on January 1st, 1956 in Kangar Perlis, which is in Malaysia. Mm. 
And whenever you hear this shit, dude, you're going to be like, what in the flying fuck? Oh, no. <laughs> it's crazy. But, um, okay, so she was a singer and she started doing that when she was young and she was also a dancer. But the dancing turned into, they called it, they called her a water ballerina, but I'm, I think that translates to synchronized swimming. <clears throat> oh, okay. But I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I'm, I'm just assuming that's what it could be. But, um, so she did that for a while. Um, but she really liked singing. Mm-hmm. So I think she did that for a while, like on her own, like she just went around and like sang in different places. Mm-hmm. And so she ends up marrying one of her biggest fans. <laughs> His name is Muhammad Noor Afandi Abdul Rahman. Hmm. Afandi for short. Um, but so yeah, so she marries him and he promises to fund her quest to become Malaysia's biggest pop star. Ooh. And to boost her popularity, Mazna adopted the stage name Mona Fandi, reportedly it's inspired by her husband's nickname Fandi. Mm. So together, the pair worked hard to launch Mona's pop career. And apparently, Afandi either was wealthy to begin with, or I'm picturing him as this sleazy manager type that, like, makes shady deals to, like, get her famous, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Like, there isn't very much information that I could find of, like, her early years. So I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. Uh, so anyways, they produced and launched a nine-track studio album titled Diana. And they even managed he even managed to book several TV appearances for Mona. However, she was basically a one-hit wonder. So after several years, they realized her pop career would never take off. So Mona decided to give up on that dream. And damn it, I was gonna fucking save video of her singing. God damn it. <gasps> I'm going to see if we can find just a clip at least. I don't want to hear the whole thing. I literally feel like that fucking shit ate part of my brain. You're scaring me. I know. What if you, when you burped, you smelled it? Oh, stop. (laughs) The toxic woman part two. That's exactly what I was thinking. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just playing. We better quit. What was I freaking watching? Oh, oh my god, Hunter put on Dreamcatcher, and it really caught me by surprise what the heck it's about. Dude, I, I've only seen that movie like twice, and I cannot for the life of me remember what happens. Oh, don't watch it, oh my god. Um, I'm pretty sure I liked it, though. I did too, but then I was lost, so I think that's why I got frustrated. I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't know what's going on. It right. really caught me off. Go-, <clears throat> go on. Are you ready to hear... There's this is a four minute long fucking video and I'm not playing the whole thing. So just a little smidge of what she of what she sounds like. Oh my god, get it together. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. It was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You thought it was going to be bad? I thought it was going to be like high-pitched 
Oh, so that it would come across weird. Yeah, I pictured um, just the other day I watched Memoirs of a Geisha for like the billionth time. (gasps) I love that movie. I haven't seen it. I just put it on my list. I was like, finally, it's on something. It is so fucking good. So good. No, I'm going to cry. I've been crying for days already. So (laughs) perfect. It's really good. Um, And there's music in that? Well, there's they play like music in the background and uh, it's like set in like the fucking forties or some shit. So the, it's Japanese music from then and probably even mm-hmm. before that. So their music is very high pitched. Like the voices are really mm-hmm. high pitched. Yeah. And so that's what I was picturing this to be, but that was not what happened. Nice. Okay, so that was Mona's music career, which was very short lived. Um, so after leaving the music business, she became involved in spiritual witchcraft activities and was known to be a BOMO, which in which is a Malay uh, shaman and traditional medicine practitioner. Mm. So according to Wikipedia, a BOMO were seen as deviant from the Muslim faith because of their invocation of spirits and the potential harmful black magic they were accused of practicing. This period saw a drastic decline in traditional herbalism and many fraudulent practitioners filled the void. As a result, BOMO are today looked at with suspicion, even though they are still commonly consulted for personal reasons. Actually, shortly or in 2014, shortly after the disappearance of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370, Oh, man. I practiced this man's name, but here we go. Uh, Dado Maguru Ibarhim Matzin. Ooh, I got it. Nice. Uh, Who proclaimed himself the Raja Bomo, which is king of the Bomo, uh, with his male assistant, appeared in public to locate the missing plane by conducting a series of rituals at the Kuala Lumpur International Airport. The rituals involved holy zamzam water from Mecca, a magical walking stick, a magic carpet, a small Surat Yasin book, and a pair of bamboo binoculars to view the inside of a traditional fish trap. Ibrahim, oh, it's Ibrahim. I'm an idiot. (laughs) Ibrahim claimed that the plane was suspended in the air amongst three locations which were the Philippines, South China Sea, and on an unidentified country. And that it was hidden hidden by the Orang Orang Buninai. Wait, that's not right. Orang Orang Bunian. There we go. Hmm. The Bunian are a spiritual or a supernatural race resembling humans, akin to elves in Malay legend. But yeah, he said that this plane was suspended in time hidden by these elves oh wow yeah and he they did they did like i don't i think maybe like two or three rituals like on different days for this for him to find that out but as of today there have only been possible pieces found of flight 370 so he didn't Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I've been listening to this podcast called Black Box Down, mm-hmm. and it's two guys from Austin going over plane crashes from all over the world throughout the years, and they oh. did an episode on this, so that was a nice little connection. 
Whoa. Mm-hmm. Isn't that terrifying, though? Yeah, I think, like something ex- like disappearing. The yeah. Fuck? Mm. No, mm. without a trace. Yeah, that freaks me out really bad. <laughs> Especially a plane. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. Can you? Okay. Oh my God. Okay. So I was listening to that podcast and they, you know how I have this, I mean, insane (laughs) flying, um, especially in like little planes. So whenever we were going to California, like four years ago, um, my dad was like insistent that the airport in Midland didn't have little planes. And so we drove all the way the fuck to Midland instead of uh, flying out of San, San Angelo. And they had a fucking little ass plane. And he was like, it's fine. You know, the little planes are okay. What all this shit he was trying to like make me feel better. Yeah. And I was like freaking out the entire time. Like I literally had to knock myself out with Benadryl and Xanax and all kinds of shit. But um, I was listening to that podcast and they said, this guy apparently is like, a seasoned flyer like he like loves flying and shit and um mm-hmm. uh he said that he like really trusts like it's safer or whatever to be on a plane than in a car all this bullshit that i hear every time but he said mm-hmm. that the little planes that are owned by like independent like uh no regional airports like the like from here to houston or like shit like that um yeah little airports they most of them have a set time that they have to make these flights and if they don't make those times like if they don't make that flight within that time they don't get paid so (gasps) a lot of the pilots miss steps when they're going through their fucking checklist to start the shit and like make sure everything's good because they're trying to make their time so i was like don't fucking tell me that that's the worst thing i've ever heard poor pilots I it's I'm I don't even know why I decided to like I literally listened to that podcast to torture myself because almost every episode is almost all of them are pilot error like they literally just skip one fucking step they make one small error and the whole thing goes to shit somebody somebody along the line it doesn't just have to be the pilot like somebody down the line involved with that plane fucked up somewhere oh no yeah and it drives oh, wow. me insane like oh my god my anxiety so but, preventable yeah seriously mm-hmm. but yeah so that's a nice little fyi for anybody that's how would they not think that that would make safety like exactly like, mistakes exactly oh, like why god. would you do that to them why would you mm-hmm. these people don't give a shit apparently they just care about their wow. money Mm-mm. awful Mm-mm. okay so back to Mona, she began offering her services to clients, mostly from the upper class society. She also claimed to have provided politician clients with a variety of charms and talismans. She and Afandi made very good money as Bomos, owning mansions, luxury cars, and all kinds of other expensive shit. I mean, they had like money just from doing that. Yeah. So and I have no idea, like, how people thought that she was so legit. Like, her career didn't go anywhere. Like, why wouldn't she be able to keep that shit going if mm-hmm. she was such a good BOMO? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Unless <laughs> they just didn't. I don't know. It's weird. Mm. So, excuse me. You're scaring me with that. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. Oh, it's because <laughs> I'm not drinking water. I'm drinking Pepsi. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wondering. I was like, why am I scaring her? <laughs> I know. I thought you were belching like in that uh, oh, movie where there's... No, like in that freaking Dreamcatcher movie when they're burping and burping because they got those things in them. Oh, damn it. See, I can vaguely remember what you're even talking about from that movie. <laughs> so that's why burps... That's why that's like fresh in my mind. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, there, there it is. <laughs> so you're a Pepsi gal, eh? Not a Coca-Cola gal? No. Whoa. Catches me by surprise. Dr. Pepper versus Pepsi versus Coke. Pepsi. Everybody put in your votes. Okay. See? Pepsi. Oh, and then the Britney Spears commercials. I always remember the Pepsi. <gasps> Fun. I think oh, even I Selena did a commercial for Pepsi. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. I think I saw that. Mm. How cute. Anyway. <clears throat> Can you go on? We are not sponsored by Pepsi. <laughs> no, I wish we were. <laughs> or do I? Hey, <laughs> that is so weird. Yesterday, yesterday, I heard the ice cream man like in the neighborhood. But before that, we had been driving home. And we were behind this weird-looking truck thing and i was like is that an ice cream truck and hunter followed him for a little bit and then it turned and we saw the side of it and he was like oh my god do you have change do you have change and i was like we're not gonna follow this ice cream truck and then go anyways whatever didn't it like I, it snow last time. week yeah and it snowed today too very little and, and it's gonna snow cream. again yeah it's, it's still the seasons i guess Colorado kids just do not care do they Mm-mm. It'll be snowing for like two seconds and then it'll be hot. So. Oh, what? Well, not necessarily, but hot it's for you sometimes now? it's oh, very little. Did the Texas get knocked right out of you or what? No, it's the sun. We're just so close to the sun that when you're in the, in the sun, 60 degrees can feel like 80 degrees. Are you serious? Wow. I swear. And then vice versa, whenever you go into the shade, it feels way chilly, even though you can wear shorts because it's like hot outside. Oh, wow. That's interesting oh yeah it's weird in the fucking shade it's still fucking five thousand degrees over here (laughs) i know even with the breeze the breezes are hot over there too yes god you can't even fucking breathe a little oven (laughs) (laughs) i I was making fun of hunter because he was like i miss texas i miss the heat and i was like okay but when we were there you were like oh i wish it was not as hot and so now we're here what the fuck do you want yeah exactly he's always sweating (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's funny dude that's I funny with with jeremy him. too like i don't know what it is with white guys but like he could literally just be like watching cops and like break into Damn, like an immense sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly it has to be like negative degrees for him to be comfortable yes. that's why our old house was so cold but there's not air conditioning in a lot of the houses in colorado no, so we bought like this big box humidifier thing <laughs> That we put in the room and turn it on. Even in Colorado, he's still gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's got to be cold enough to sleep. I know I can't sleep whenever I'm hot. Yeah, Ugh. that's for goddamn sure. So Ugh. uncomfortable. Anyways, okay. So it was reported that Maslan Idris, a state assemblyman for the constituency of Batu Talam in the state of Pahang. Uh, wanted to boost his political career and sought the services of Mona for assistance. Maslan was educated in the United States and was an ambitious politician for the ruling United Malays National Organization, and no, for short, party. 
At the time, Mona, who was 37, worked with Afandi, who was 44, and their assistant, Jarami Hassan, who was 24. Mona and Afandi promised to help Maslan by giving him a talisman, a staff, and a sabatmi hat, which was supposedly owned by former Indonesian president uh, Sukarno. Oh, I guess. That isn't, that's all it is. <laughs> Mona convinced Maslan that he would be invincible if he held the talisman. In return, when I first read that, dude, I thought it said that he would be invisible if he held the talisman. And then you were like, how would he believe that? No, yeah. So I was like, wow, this is getting better and better. And then when I kept reading, I was like, God damn it, that says invincible. <laughs> okay, so in return, Mona demanded 2.5 million ringgit. And which is Malaysian money. Uh, Maslan paid the couple 500,000 ringgit as deposit and gave them 10 land titles as surety for the remaining 2 million ringgit. Uh, an appointment was made for cleansing rituals to be performed at Mona's house. And Maslan was told to lie on the floor face up while Mona did her thing and place flowers on him. Get ready. She then told Maslan to close his eyes and wait for the money to fall from the sky. Jerami then, using an axe, chopped Maslan's head off in three strokes. What the? And then they dismembered him into 18 parts and partially skinned him before burying him in a six feet deep cement covered hole in a shed in the backyard. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So... Maslan was reported missing on July 2nd, 1993, after withdrawing uh, 300,000 ringgit from the bank. It was alleged that the murder occurred between July 2nd and July 3rd, 1993. After the murder, Mona was reported to have been on a shopping spree where she bought another Mercedes Benz <laughs> and a facelift. Oh, mm-hmm. girl, you should see what she looks like. She looks scary. Ooh, let me send you a picture of Mona. Or have you looked her up already? Good thinking. No, I have not. So that would be great. She had to get the necessities. I'm going to send you a picture of what she looked like before her um, procedure. Before her procedure and after. Ooh, she looks scary. <laughs> Okay, you ready for this? Yes. So here's what she looked like before. And then after. <gasps> oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So the one in the blue in the blue shirt is after? Are they red? The one that is before is the one where she has those big ass earrings on and her hair's up. Oh yeah, okay. That's the before, and then the one in the red, the blue, and then the other polka dot shirt. Oh, that's the same shit. Okay, yeah. Those are after. Yeah, it definitely changed her face. She, like... It's like her eyes are more open or something. Like, they stretched out around them. I feel like she... I don't know, that facelift, like, did some shit. Did something. It, like, fucked up something. Right. She, I don't know. I don't know how to explain either. I don't know what to say, but I know it's different. Uncanny alley, right there. Mm-hmm. Alley. 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 <laughs> we in the alley today. That's what I say literally every time I see that. You're like, oops, it's valley. Yeah, I forget. I mean, I know it's valley, but I say alley in my head. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. So that's what happened when she got her facelift, which is weird because from that time. Okay. Wait a minute. So three weeks later, Jeremy was arrested on drug charges, unrelated drug charges. And that's when he confessed to the murder. And yeah. So between it was only three weeks, like how long, like she just popped in and went to a doctor and was like, Hey, can I get a facelift? And they're like, sure. Just give me 15 minutes and I'll get you that quickly. Yeah. Seriously. I wonder what kind of um, plastic surgeon she saw if it was like a, maybe not a um, actual doctor, doctor. Yeah. Well then, I don't know. This was also in Malaysia, so I don't know how that works there. But Or she paid extra for it to be ASAP. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. So mm-hmm. on July 22nd, Jeremy took the authorities to the shed where the body parts were, but there were parts missing, leading some to speculate that Mona and Afandi had eaten those pieces. But that's yeah. also entirely speculation. Um, but the question still remains, where are the pieces? So after dang. Mona, what? I said, dang, they probably dropped them somewhere. I, I'm wondering if like an animal ate them or something. Or maybe, I don't know. It depends how he was transported. Well, I don't even know how they would be able, there was cement laid over it. Like Then they did. They kept it maybe as like trophies or oh, like, anyways. Put it in mm-hmm. there, maybe. Maybe so. I don't know. It's creepy. Um, so after Mona, her husband and Jeremy were arrested. Oh, so after that. Yeah. They were arrested and a highly publicized trial began. They were tried before Judge Datuk Mokhtar Sidon mm-hmm. sitting in the Tamerlo High Court in 1995. Charged with murder under Section 302 of the Malaysian Penal Code, a crime that carried a mandatory death sentence. So the trial was a media sensation. Mona and Afandi were an attractive couple in their early or in their late 30s, accused of a gruesome voodoo-related murder. So Mona had a penchant for wearing expensive outfits to court court each day. And unlike most people on trial for their life, she always had a smile for the media and seemed to revel in the attention. She also remarked, looks like I have many fans. Get lost. Uh, Wow. She thought that they were fans, but a lot of them were actually afraid of her. (laughs) It was reported that when a forensic analysis was describing the condition of Maslan's mutilated remains, there was a strange moaning sound in the courtroom, and people claimed to hear the same noise coming from the couple's home. Some wow. saying it was her black magic at work. But Ooh. in reality, the sound in the courtroom was the benches creaking from everyone leaning forward to listen to what the fuck the forensic analysis was saying. <laughs> he was too quiet. They couldn't hear him. Um, <laughs> or, or that guy that they murdered uh, was invisible, and he was moaning. Oh, my God. So it so worked. Stop it. It worked. <laughs> he got what he paid for. He only had to leave his physical body to get it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Mona was surprisingly composed through the whole thing, smiling and calm, except for once when a photographer bumped into her 
and she spat on him. He, oh. he dropped his camera and everything he was carrying and ran to the bathroom. So <laughs> the fear of enraging one believed to have supernatural powers was very real after all. Or he was just a germaphobe. Maybe. I would I'm just kidding. Like, oh, this bitch just cursed the fuck out of me. Here I go. Right. Ew. Uh, one day, the entire court team, including the accused, went on a field trip to her house where the murder took place. So apparently the house was unfinished. Like they were doing, they were still adding to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the house was in the middle of nowhere with a dirt trail leading to the unfinished house. So that must have been an ominous sight. It mm. freaks me out. It reminds me of... Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, exactly I just watched the second one. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so flies swarmed, probably from the humidity, but they mostly swarmed around the pit where the body parts were recovered, Ugh. probably drawn to the spot where the stench still lingered even weeks after. Entering the house filled with heavy air, which permeated a faint but nauseating metallic scent of blood and rotting flesh. They were met by a huge portrait of Mona dressed in an elaborate costume and headgear. There were no windows and the only sunlight was coming through like the doors that led to the outside. Um, so I guess that was also really creepy. I don't know how the fuck, I guess I just didn't have electricity. I don't know. Um, But they did notice that they had all their Bomo stuff out, like shells of oil jars with some containing. She was was ready. She was like, welcome to my humble home. And she had everything out for them. Oh, yeah, dude, for real. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking portrait alone, I'd be like, no. Oh, my God. I pictured um, from that movie. uh, (laughs) What the fuck? It takes two. It takes two, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the family portrait. The lady. Oh, they think she's a ghost. Yes, and she's like fucking flailing around with her fucking robe and face mask, mask on. Yes. <laughs> That's me. That's literally what I pictured whenever I read. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so they had all their Bomo stuff out, like shells of oil jars with some containing hair, amulets, and other items many believed are ingredients used in black magic rituals. Which is probably just herbs. But um, Jeremy told the court that he was in a trance when he brought the axe down. Basically saying that Mona put him under mind control with her magic. Okay. But his lawyer described him as a youth with low intelligence who had been led astray. Okay. Well, they have to say stuff like that. And whenever he said that, it was for his appeal. (laughs) So that's even funny. Wow. Yeah, had nothing else. You're just stupid. Yeah, exactly. Young Come kid. on, have pity on him. Yeah. He he was led astray. <laughs> uh, Mona and Afandi said it was all Jeremy's idea, and they had nothing to do with it. They had just not handed him to the police and left him at their house while they went to Kuala Lumpur after the murder. Hmm. Which is stupid. They literally left him there. He stayed there for those three weeks. Um, Ew. And he like that he did all the disposing of the body and shit mm-hmm. alone. She said, "Well, good luck. I'm getting a facelift and a new car." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
this was an unconvincing defense, to say the least, and Mona knew it because she reached into her little bag of tricks and started fucking around in the courtroom even more. <laughs> First, she said that her name was not Mona Fandy, which, duh, that is not your birth name. But she said that she was actually Tanku Rohani Tanku Abdullah, which implied that she was a descendant from royalty. <laughs> but it was proven in court that she was absolutely not. So she was just making shit up as she went, which is hilarious. Damn. Can you imagine like <laughs> she tried to make it all dramatic? Like, yes. <laughs> I'm actually this person. <laughs> like Isma. <laughs> Looking for this. <laughs> um, but also it reminded me of on my big fat Greek wedding part two, whenever the dad thinks he's related to Alexander the Great. <laughs> But then I was like, "Ah, she did that." Yeah, um, but I guess it was a better ending that way because that's an cute. <laughs> Just to get him to shut up, he announced it. I can't. Okay, anyway, and everyone believed him. They're like, Yay! "Yeah, that me, means like, all of us are." <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Um. Okay. Yeah. So she fucking said that shit, and <laughs> I would have been like, <laughs> "I'm the lost princess Anastasia." <laughs> Everybody, everybody in the court starts standing up and saying some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> so next she told the judge that she was a singer and she offered to sing in the court, although that oh, was politely declined. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's okay. <laughs> you can just keep that over there. <laughs> Um, so then she spoke so fast that the judge and court reporter couldn't keep up with what she was saying the judge had to stop her to clarify details and Mona decided to mock the man who literally held her life in his hands she said very slowly and dramatically quote have you finished writing my lord (laughs) She got so carried away with her sound, with the sound of her own voice, that she often forgot what her point was, <laughs> uh, which happens to me all the goddamn time. <laughs> if you have been able to tell, listeners, <laughs> uh, to the amusement of those present, she asked, "Please read it back to me, my lord." I can't. I, like she, mm-mm. I think she knew though. Like fuck it, I'm gonna die anyway, so I might as well just spice it up a little bit. She did take the time to thank press for, quote, putting in such nice stories and pictures in the coverage of her case. She was also friendly with regulars who were there with her throughout the entire trial. She even signed autographs and wrote notes about achieving inner peace via religion. Hmm. Yep. The case lasted 65 days and heard evidence from 76 witnesses. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The prosecution told the court that money was the motive for the killing and pointed to the shopping spree, the facelift, and the Mercedes. Can you imagine? You're like, I didn't spend money on any of that, and your fucking face is literally like evidence. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Jeremy testified against Mona and Afandi and revealed the gruesome details of the murder. 
Afandi, in his defense, said Maslan owed him two million ringgit, which is five hundred twenty-six thousand dollars in U.S. dollars, for a magic staff, talisman, and a traditional hat said to belong to former Indonesian president, the Indonesian president, which I had said all earlier. Mona testified that she also gave talismans and charms to several other uh, you um no. Uh, politicians to boost their popularity with the electorate. And it only took the seven-member jury just 70 minutes to reach a unanimous verdict of guilt against all three victims, or defendants. 70 minutes is a long time, though. Yeah. Sometimes it takes, like, five seconds, but... True. Um, Ghulam Mustafa Nadar Ali Khan, who represented Mona and Afandi, was invited to offer mitigation but declined and said that they would be lodging an appeal. Jeremy's counsel, Karpal Singh, told the court that his client was only 24, unemployed, and of low intelligence. <laughs> uh, the judge then asked them if they had anything to say before he passed sentence, and Afandi and Mona replied that they would leave uh to the discretion of the court he then passed the death sentence on each of them that they be taken from court to a recognized prison and later be hanged till they were dead yeah after hearing her sentence mona kissed her husband and said i am happy and thank you to all malaysians jeez wow okay signing off yeah she was photographed (laughs) smiling as usual as she was led from the court to prison. Mm. Just before being led off to Kangar prison to await death, she said, I feel like smiling. For me, it's smiling all for the people. Jesus. Wow. And of course, while she was in prison, rumors spread on the outside that she would levitate while reciting Islamic prayer backwards. Uh, That's creepy. And it made me think of Jennifer's body. Oh, yeah. What if if she was really real? Oh. Uh, but according to Malaysian Digest, that's a crock of shit. And all she really did was tease guards and occasionally tried to scare them. Other than that, mm-hmm. she mostly kept to herself. Interesting. Uh, their appeals were heard by the Mala- by Malaysia's highest court sitting in Kuala Lumpur. The appeal process had started in June of 1998, but then had been adjourned until 1999 after legal arguments on the admissibility of Jerami's statement to the police which led to the discovery of Marzlan's body on the 13th of April 1999 all three appeals were dismissed and the death sentence upheld in April 2001 the pardons board turned down their pleas for clemency leaving the way clear for their executions the hangings were mm-hmm. set for dawn on Friday November 2nd 2001 in Kangar prison er, yeah no that's did I say Kangar earlier? Because it's Kajang. <laughs> Daniela. Just kidding. We forgive you. Wow. I don't, I think I was thinking of a Pokemon, <laughs> which is probably very offensive. But- <laughs> oh, it happens. Okay, it's Kajang prison. Whoopsie. Where the fuck did I get Kangar? And I think you're talking about Gengar. <laughs> Either way. The Pokemon Gengar. The Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> a child at heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the previous day, 
Mona and Fandi, Mona and Fandi were allowed an eight-hour visit with about a dozen members of their families. It was reported that there was a lot of crying and hugging, and they spent their last hours advising their children from both their own marriages and their previous marriages to grow up to be good people and to take care of themselves. When I read this, I like tried to find other shit on their kids, but I couldn't find anything. Dang, I want to know too. I'm interested. Do you think they had to change their names and stuff? I'm. I feel like they might have, mm. or just like moved away. I don't. I don't know. They couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't find anything. So it's normal practice in Malaysia for condemned prisoners to be given food of their choice for their last meal. Did you know that they don't do that here anymore? <gasps> Interesting. The last meal thing and like the... Uh-huh. Yeah, they mm-hmm. don't do that anymore. I don't know if it's in all of the United States, but I know in Texas they don't do that anymore. They just give them... Nice. The they give to everybody else. So right. they did decline that choice. But apparently, according to prison sources, they were very calm, saying very little and requesting nothing in their last hours. But because they had to be given something as their last meal, uh, they were given KFC. <laughs> like, literally Kentucky Fried Chicken. Sick. Uh, did Delicious. you know that in Japan, KFC is the meal that they have on Christmas? <gasps> like, that's, no, I didn't know that. That's their that's cool. tradition. Um Who's that? Oh, um, sorry. I got a text and I'm like, what the fuck was that number? <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh, okay. So they apparently like Western shit was coming to Japan and like KFC was one of them. And the man who managed the first KFC in Japan falsely marketed mm-hmm. fried chicken as a traditional American Christmas food. That is so cute. Got in big business, I'm sure. And because people were trying to, well, some people were trying to embrace Western culture, they bought it. And uh, some were actually Christians and they wanted to eat something on Christmas that was not, I mean, they didn't have like fucking turkey or anything. Yeah. So Hmm. they started doing that. And now it's like super popular and you have to order like months in advance. And they dress their statue, Colonel Sanders, in Santa costumes. Oh my gosh, that's really cute. Um, I think, I think I saw. I think it was BuzzFeed or something similar. Um, a girl. This was like two years ago, but she went into a KFC in Japan, and dude, they're fancy as fuck. Like they have different shit than we do. Like ours looks like literally. Yeah, it just fits in with all the other fast food restaurants out here. But um, theirs is super fancy. Like, it's really nice. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I was very surprised. They have oh, – god damn, I wish I could remember what they had that was like – it. like, they, no other KFC has that. Like, they're the only ones that have that shit in KFC. Mm. I don't remember what it was. Oh, they have Japanese food in there too. So I was like, what the fuck? I want to go. Oh, now I have to look it up. God damn it. My fucking curious ass. I should have done that. <laughs> We're just learning all kinds of things about sharks and KFC. (laughs) (laughs) It's this um, gasoline I huffed earlier. (laughs) Right. Oh, I guess some of them do look like regular fast food places, but they have fancy ones. Oh, that's what I was going to send you a picture of. Their Christmas um, advertising. This is reminding me of whenever Flavor Flav uh, would close down KFCs for dates. Oh my god. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. Oh, it's the. This was a long ass time ago. Adult KFC. They were going to serve beer mm-hmm. and pasta. Neat. I love that combination. I wish. With I my fried chicken. Find that menu. Maybe it was not Japan. It was in China. Oh, yep. There it is. If it's China. It is China. That's interesting because I know Chinese buffets are the only thing open on Christmas. It was. Oh, yeah. That is funny. It was <laughs> BuzzFeed. Oh, shit. It's playing. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you so you can watch it later. Cute. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, that's so interesting. Worldly. We're cultured. No, I'm just kidding. It's, K- it's about KFC. <laughs> We have to learn about our culture. Stop it. It's not even our culture. <laughs> I know. That's part of the joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was definitely in China. God damn it. <laughs> was it in China? Why am I not? Oh, it just says Asian... Asian. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't disagree. I don't remember where the fuck it was. <laughs> she, this whole went, thing. she went somewhere in Asia to eat fancy KFC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, how did we get here again? Because they got their last fucking meals KFC. <laughs> The most important part of this episode. Yeah, it's the most important. I'm just playing. That's the only thing <laughs> I really thought was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, before dawn, <laughs> we're talking about somebody about to get executed, and we're talking about fucking. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so okay. So before dawn on Friday morning, the trio were each handcuffed and hooded in their holding cells adjacent to the execution chamber, and then led to the gallows with its three British-style nooses dangling from the metal beam. On the trap, their legs were strapped, and the no and the noses adjusted around their neck. The nooses. What in the world? <laughs> <I'm> fucking autocorrect. <laughs> yeah, their nooses were <laughs> adjusted around their necks. At 5.59 a.m., the drop. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Why did it fucking autocorrect that? It's news to what? (sighs) To noses. But I put trap door (laughs) and it just autocorrected it to drop. Maybe I put trap door somewhere else and I'm just a fucking idiot and I thought that's where it was. (laughs) Don't worry, guys. I'm almost done. I'm sorry. <laughs> See you too. <laughs> this is an execution and we're just laughing. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Let me just. <clears throat> <clears throat> On the trap door, their legs were strapped and their nooses adjusted around their necks. At 5.51 a.m., the Trapdoor fell and the three of them plummeted down. Mm. It was reported that during their execution, or I guess right before, um, she, Mona, 
uttered the words, Aku takan mati, meaning I will never die. And she was still very calm and smiling when she said that. But that also hasn't been verified because only the guards and I think like the judge and stuff were there to witness that. There was no um, allowed. So their bodies were left hanging for an hour before being taken down for autopsy and then burial. Mona and Akandi were buried in a cemetery in Kajang. Mm-hmm. Uh, later in the morning, while Jeremy was buried in his hometown of Port Klang in the Telakgong Muslim Cemetery that afternoon. After, those, after the executions, Maslan's widow told reporters that she could finally bury the past behind her and said she hoped now to carry on living her life with her children without the painful memories. Mona Fondi gained more notoriety than... She had been when she was still a pop singer. Like, nobody fucking gave a shit about her until now. Mm-hmm. So there was this wide local and even international media coverage and plenty of public interest. Anti-death penalty movements, including Amnesty International, voiced their opposition to the execution of the trio. Their case was Malaysia's last trial by jury because the sensational nar- nature of the case contributed towards the government's decision to discontinue the jury system, which is crazy. So all trial by juries were abolished on January 1st, 1995. I don't know, actually. I think, what do you think? Do you think there should, do you think trial by jury is better than being? That's hard. I was thinking, I don't know, because a lot of times I understand like we want like the fairest, um, what's it called? verdict and stuff and so they want regular ass people to judge other regular ass people that happen to break the law but at the same time it just really if it's something like this it's like okay well obviously that's wrong and she needs to have something and when people put like a time like it takes too long to like get get through a trial like that i don't know it just really depends but at the same time i i feel bad saying that because that's like part of our due process or whatever yeah but it's still scary like the whole point of like lawyers is to convince the 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 jury and the jury yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. mainly the jury that they they really decide the final thing yeah like the judge can recommend shit all they want but whatever the jury comes up with that's why it's so difficult. Like that last person, like for something like this, for ex- execution, I think I was watching the Jody Arias story and that's where it really like made me question it because there was just this one person that would not agree to like whatever verdict they were trying to give her at the time. So it was taking forever oh, yeah. and all the bias for um, some of them. Yes. Like for instance, the Scott Peterson case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so bias is just like a big thing, but yeah, they pretty much hold like regular people hold other people's lives in their hands sometimes. Yeah. And it can be kind of scary and intense because nobody signs up for that. Yeah. They just get chosen in whatever case they're on, they're on. Mm-hmm. That's what um, Malaysia's thing was like mm-hmm. the jury use like has a lot of emotion towards what they feel and towards like mm-hmm. the person that they're fucking trying to judge and shit and all this stuff. And it just makes it hard. Yeah. So they just got away with that. They just were like, well, fuck all that. I wonder how that's going and what their their um, citizens think about it and stuff. I wonder too. Hmm. Well. 
So in 2002, Malaysian film director Amir Muhammad made a short film entitled Mona in his short series. I wish I could have gone to look for that, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And in 2006, a film by Dan Iskandar Said entitled Dukun was widely assumed to be based on Mona Fandi. The public screening of this highly anticipated film was constantly pushed back, most likely due to concerns relating to the content of the film, the relationship with Mona Fandi, and the implications of her family. However, the movie was leaked online through Facebook in early February 2018. The movie was released in, released in cinemas on April 5th, 2018, which I also was going to watch, but it was in subtitles, I think, and I didn't have time to be reading and doing other stuff that I was planning on doing anyways. Yeah. So the crime, but I'm sure that is actually a really interesting movie that I do eventually want to watch. Mm-hmm. So the crime was covered in a chapter called Pop Singer Witch Doctor in the best-selling Malaysian Murders and Mysteries book. And that was all it was for pop culture, which I'm surprised there's not more shit. Like, I'm surprised there's not – because that's really fucking – that's some Wait. good shit. Like, that's some good mixture of a lot of good stuff. Yeah. For at least – I a- agree. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the main mystery of Mona remains questioned still now. Many say Mona's spirit is still strong and it can't leave this earth. They've claimed to see the appearance of Mona at night near her house or at the prison which she stayed. Many of her mansions mm-hmm. still stand empty today and they say that they are haunted by spirits as a result of her black magic that she practiced while living there. Those who have ventured into the murder house agree that the house carries a very dark, undeniable energy. Rumors of Mona's power did not stop at the public, as the public claim to have seen her dancing in nightclubs. She did say that she would never die. She would never die. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's also true that we're still talking about her now. That's what I was going to say with the with the movie and the. Somebody's going to write a book and then someone's going to claim the rights to that and then make a long movie. So, yeah, that's a very interesting combination there that you found. How'd you hear about this? Um, I was looking through some website. I don't remember. It was like the you can go click through like a gallery and they give you like a short synopsis of shit. Oh, and then you were like, oh, shit. Yeah. I was like, that. it was like very it was a very um, what's the word. A very simple description, like it just it oh. didn't really. So I had to like really fucking dig for this shit. Dang, well that was good. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, I've never heard of that in my life. I've heard. I don't know if it's other people who have done the same thing when they're getting hanged and they say, uh, "I'll never die" or "You'll be cursed" or like they have like final words, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if it was her, if it was just somebody else, because hmm. I feel like that should be. I don't know. Um, my sources were Wikipedia, Murderpedia, theworldnews.net, and medium.com. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Damn it. There was something else I was going to tell you. Tell me. Remember. Remember. Oh, remember. I ruined the hands made tale for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. That was fine, though. I was, and it's funny because I, I put it on after we, after you, we were texting when I got up and everything, and uh, it was on that part. And I was like, wow, I was about to see that part anyway. So oh, shit. Well, not too bad. 
Um, Dude. I didn't know that they did episode, like one episode every week. I didn't know that that's how they did that one. Oh, I know, which I'm kind of relieved that they're doing that. So I don't watch them all, which I don't do that anyway. But still, that's it's kind of fun, like watching a TV network. Yeah. Um, I was like, what? There's, that's only on the third episode. Oh, so I'm already caught up then because I watched the fourth, the third or the fourth one today. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you aren't on the same one that I know. No, maybe you have, have to be. To how can you not remember the end of this one when they're all in the car and the guy has to get out to pee? You don't remember? Has that happened yet? Are you sure you who finished it? The driver. Yeah. The car Wait, who had to pee? pee? That's all I have. I'm not going to. God damn it. Now I'm going to have to put that on after this, after we're done. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I just don't want to finish it so fast because it's just so good. I think the other, I think the other episode comes out tomorrow. Perfect, but still, I don't want it to end again. Because is this the final? Do you know if this is the uh, final final season? I want to say that it is, but I'm not entirely sure. I feel like I heard that somewhere, but if people love it so much, but the thing is, is like that's whenever shows get ruined. Whenever they just keep it on because people like it. Oh yeah, and that's what I was reading reviews on that too. People were like complaining because mm. this one's like very bloody and like full of violence, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fucking real. Hello, life. this is the, this is the peak of what's happening. Hello, it yeah, can't always be baking muffins. They're trying and cutting off fingers. Yeah, they're trying to fucking escape a fucking nightmare. And you want them to not have all that violence? Like what, dude? It's getting so good. I was hoping you would talk to me about. Handmaid's Tale today because I because of, of course I watched it today so ow yes so good I cried for a lot of it <laughs> dude that's how I was the season before I was just crying dude, the entire but I watched it when I was like in bed so I like cried all the time um have you seen on Netflix <clears throat> oh man that felt great um <laughs> the what are they called the Mitchells versus the Machines. No, is it good? It's an animation. It the animation is so fucking awesome, but it's a kids show. It's a kids movie, and it is so fucking good. And I bawled my eyes out through the entire fucking movie. <laughs> but I why? Because it. it's so good. Like it's like a okay. Disney movie. They fucking awesome. Okay, cute. Yeah. And it's super oh. funny. Like it's fucking funny. Like it's good. I'm gonna. I'm literally gonna watch it. Um, I just started watching Bluey. What the hell? It's cute. That? It's about. It's like a little dog family, and it's like day to day stuff. Like they want to play pretend hotel or whatever with their parents, and they're just all puppies. It's an animated legit. show. It's on Disney Plus. It's a legit child. It's overseas. Oh okay. Yeah, it's a child's show, and I put it on for the dogs. But uh. I, I was curious about it because I was seeing a lot of TikToks about it being like cute and wholesome and like teaching lessons like how to deal with our feelings and stuff whenever we're kids and i thought it was great and so hunter thought so too and so we were watching it but he's like let the dogs learn cute. something right i know before i forget in that movie the mitchells versus the machines the voice of the main girl is not lana the other one from broad city oh abby abby <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's who voices the main character of this movie and it, she and maya rudolph does the mom and danny mcbride is the Perfect. dad 
Oh, that's and great. Eric Andre is also a character in it. Maybe I'll make Hunter watch it too. It's fucking dude, the animation is amazing. Like I love how they mixed all this shit together. Who did it? DreamWorks or something? Uh no, I don't I don't know who did it. Uh maybe it no, I don't oh Jesus Christ. Eh, I'll see. But that's cool. Should we Oh do the outro? we're still recording? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna stop it. Fun. You're actually having a great time talking to me today. It must be the Pepsi. It is. And because <laughs> I took a nap at my lunch. So that's also another one. Oh, good job. See, naps are just great. People talk bad about them. I haven't taken, I used to take naps all the time when I lived in Leander. Naps were just perfect. Yes. At that time. Though waking up was terrible, but Difficult. I did rest in. Oh, it's That's uh, good. Sony Pictures Animation. Oh. I've never. Okay. They literally, it's a mixture of a bunch of different, like, mediums, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, they just did it so fucking, I don't know. I can just talk about it for days. Yay. It's just so bad. Um, have you seen Paranorman? You have, Yes, right? I literally just watched that not that long ago. It's so good. I just listened to my uh, Horror Queers podcast. If you guys like movies, check out Horror Queers because they break down movies that either the writer, the director, or an actor or character was written gay. or Yeah, it's like about queers in movies and stuff. And so on Paranorman, they talk about the the character that was gay in that movie and how some people were upset and like it's true uh hunter and i stayed sitting there in shock and people were leaving they were like bringing their kids what? so that's why they that's why they left it for the very end it was gay coded throughout the whole uh mitch the jock guy in paranorman i don't remember him being at the gay. end he's gay but they don't mention it till the very end and that's on purpose because remember what happened with beauty and the beast whenever people were already mad that that guy oh, was, yeah. that was written shit, though. and then it was barely anything in the movie it was barely a thing in the movie so they did yeah. that for nothing but so they took uh they just didn't want to ad- advertise that there was a gay character in the movie so at the very end whenever the girl who's been pining for him which is par- which is Nar- norman's b- big sister uh oh, yes. anna kendrick's voice she it has been trying to get that guy to date her the whole time. And then at the end, he's like, oh, my my boyfriend loves those movies. And it's like, <laughs> it's just right. It's it. thrown in at the end. Well, rewatch because it's great. I, did, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of movies, dude. Like um, horror queers, they also say. And it's, I think it's Trace and, I can't believe I'm blanking on the other guy's name. But one of, one of the guys is from Canada and one is from Austin. And they work with Bloody Disgusting. You know, the network people oh, that write yeah. reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they they have a lot of like insight and like a, a bunch of cool stuff to say, but they do they did scream, uh, and they talked about how Stu and the other killer, which is what's her name's boyfriend, might have been gay together, and that's why they agreed to both be the killer. Oh, I think so. I think, uh, I think Matthew I, Lillard's character might have been gay for real. Yeah, I think I've actually heard that before too. Maybe you're the one that told. But anyways, me. it's little things. It's little things like that. I think. I think I was like, my mind was blown by that, so I think I did tell you mm-hmm. about it. Because Stu had no motive to be a killer in that movie. Only the guy whose dad had an affair with what's her name's mom, mm-hmm. Sydney's mom, Sydney Prescott. I love freaking the scream. Anyways, I think they're making a scream five also. Yeah, so hopefully that's mm-hmm. good. I'm very excited. I honestly feel like there was something else I was going to tell you, and I literally cannot remember. 
Was it about you? Was it about somebody else? No, I think it had to do with the podcast. I don't. It's scary? Mm, True crime. Maybe it was. Scary. Update. I think it might have been scary. Oh, the update! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I had already talked about how we talked about those cases yeah, here over here. What is it? <laughs> what was it? It was all. It was something scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so guys, <laughs> we did the uh, Duggar episode. What, like two, three weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yeah, and. Josh Duggar has been arrested for having child pornography. Mm. And it is just amazing. Jim Bob was like, my son's not a pedophile. And nope, your son's a fucking yeah. pedophile, Jim Bob. Time to accept it. Mm-hmm. 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 But uh, I don't I don't know if he's still in jail. Oh, and it was literally like a week after his wife had announced that she's pregnant with their sixth kid. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, was he molesting his children? I don't know. I know. I, that, of course, that's the first thing that I'm sure a lot of us wonder. Mm -hmm. Very sad and gross. And uh, and I wonder if she's noticed things and she just shrugs it away because my husband could never, you know. We love God and Jesus. You think what? She's still standing behind him. Like, she's still on his side. She has to. They asked one of his, I think they asked Jill what she thought of it. And I think she said that he's very sick or some shit. And he's been this whole time. How random that we talked about it. And then it's been years. And they were like, oh, let's, unless they've been watching him this whole time. They were just waiting. Could you imagine if he was like being a good person this entire time? And then he happens to slip up, whatever, you know, in those terms. And, and uh, they they got him. Um, I think in that thing that I was reading, they had been watching him for a couple of years because I think like, it says take he a received or he looked up this shit in like 2018 or something. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember. Uh, hold on, I just googled what he said or what the fuck happened. What the fuck? The oh Jill or apparently Jill's husband is like behind the cancel the Duggars movement, which I think is funny because I think the cancel the Duggars thing is fucking Yes, they don't need to be like not worshipped. What's the word? Mm. They don't need to be they don't need to fucking have a TV show that fucking Yeah says that supports shit like this and mm-hmm. i don't know i just i maybe i just don't like the word cancel i don't know the pr people need to get in front of this and be like uh this needs to be addressed on the show and shown that none of the other family members hopefully are not in the same headspace as josh duggar or have the same illness that he has whatever they are calling it mm-hmm. um just so that people know, like, okay, just because they're related and they know him and stuff doesn't mean everybody's like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know. Mm. I wish it. Oh, oh, oh. oh, and he pleaded not guilty. Oh, this was updated just hmm. four hours ago. 
he will not be able to go home to his wife and kids should he be released on bail. But he hasn't made bail yet. Yeah, he can't be around any kids, not even his own. Um, He cannot reside in a home with minor children and must have a third-party custodian should he be released on bond. Um, And yet, Britney Spears has the conservatorship. Oh, my God. Dude, I cannot wait for her (laughs) speech that she's going to give in June. Oh, really? She's going to be able to talk to the court. She's going to find the Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's mm. like for June something. Uh, okay, it was 2009. A federal grand jury. Okay. Alleging that in 2009, he knowingly received images of children under the age of 12. Oh, gross. He could face up to 20 years in prison and fines up to $250,000 on each count. And then there's only two counts. Uh, Duggar allegedly possessed this material, some of which depicts the sexual abuse of children. Christ. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, my God. I'm... <laughs> I know. And no, none of his family have come forward with any statements? Uh, his Only his sister, Jill, oh, and his other sister, uh, Jessa, mm. they said... As Christians, we stand against any form of pornography or abuse. What in the f- Ew, they're putting it together with other pornography then. We are saddened to hear of the charges <sighs> against Josh. As Christians, we stand against any form of pornography or abuse, and we desire for the truth to be exposed, whatever that may be. Our prayers are with their family as they walk through this difficult time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh, LOL, it started playing. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, He downloaded, oh, he downloaded online material. May 2019 showed the sexual abuse of children under the age of 12. Under the age of 12. I can't believe that. And he, I mean, I can, but it's disgusting. Not, not guilty? Like, how the fuck? There is literal right. evidence, like a whole ass computer full of fucking i just can't Mm -hmm. and in 2019 what they didn't do anything about i think they had to um collect more and i think it takes time when it comes to shit like that i'm not sure though i don't know i don't know or maybe they checked into it recently and they saw that back then he was looking at that stuff um who's oh and ginger's fucking husband Oh, her and her husband said, we are disturbed to hear of the charges against Josh. While this case, while this case must go through the legal system, we want to make it clear that we absolutely condemn any form of child abuse and fully support the authorities and judicial process in this pursuit of justice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Jim, Bob and Michelle, they said, we appreciate your continued prayers for our family at this time. The accusations brought against <laughs> Joshua today are very serious. It is, it is our prayer that the truth, no matter what it is, will come to light and that this will be all resolved in a timely matter. We love Josh and Anna and continue to pray for their family. They're still in denial. Mm. It's her precious boy. Yeah. And all Jill said is, we just found out about this information yesterday. It is very sad. 
I just really want to know if I don't want to know, but it's like, has he touched anybody like this? It's going to come to that if they don't freaking do something about this. And of course, TLC fucking chimes in. TLC Um, is saddened to hear about the continued troubles involving Josh Duggar. 19 Kids and Counting has not aired since 2015. TLC canceled the show on the heels of prior allegations against Josh Duggar, and he has not appeared on air since then. Okay, yes, we get it. You're covering your ass. Yeah, they're like, we're in the clear, so. I repeat, has not. (laughs) (laughs) We hate him. Jesus (laughs) Christ. Yeah. This is what, okay, remember how I said that he had made a statement, the very first statement that he made whenever everything first came out? Mm -hmm. I didn't say what it was. I only said the, I only said the second statement that he made after the Ashley Madison (laughs) shit came out. But the first statement said, 12 years ago as a young teenager, I acted inexcusably to which I am extremely sorry and deeply regret. I hurt others, including my family and close friends. I confess this to my parents who took several steps to help me address the situation. We spoke with the authorities where I confessed my wrongdoing and my parents arranged for me and those affected by my actions to receive counseling. I understood that if I continued down this wrong path that I would end up ruining my life. I would do anything to go back to those teen years and take different actions, he said. I sought forgiveness from those I had wronged and asked Christ to forgive me and come into my life. In my life today, I am so very thankful for God's grace, mercy, and redemption. Uh, that year, Jessa and Jill said that they had forgiven Josh and no charges were filed against their brother. Yeah. And, then, and now here we are. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. Well, I hope he goes to prison for 20 years or more. Well, it should be fucking more, but whatever. I'm going to. I know, and I wonder if they're going to, like, protect him in prison, too. Ew, I hope not. I was... Yeah, because he's going to be he's gonna be getting a beat down when he gets there. Yeah. Ew. He's going to join the Aryan Brotherhood in there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? <laughs> he's going to be getting <laughs> sermons in there and shit. Giving what? Sermons? Blowjobs? Oh. Blowjobs? that's not funny i shouldn't say that it seems that we have a we have less of a heart for sexual assault when it comes to prisoners but i i'm not gonna say it i'm just not Mm -mm. um if that shit would have happened here in san angelo he would have just got fucking probation (gasps) oh my god dude san angelo she said what she said notorious for fucking just giving people slap on the wrist. So yeah, hopefully justice is served. We don't want to say we told you so, but keep your eyes on any predatory behavior, and I'm sure something will come to light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe her ghost will come back and show them where those body parts ended up. Ooh, she's got Mona's them. ghost. That is she's got them in her hand. Yeah, she's like, I told you. She's dancing with them in the dance club. Oh, yeah, when she's a ghost. Yeah. Um, Interesting story. Uh, We don't cover very many foreign, like, true crime stories, so I'm glad you brought that out today. Mm -hmm. That was very interesting, weird, bizarre. She was a pop star. She's always going to be remembered now by 
people. Yep. She sure is. Well, we will stay on top of what's going on with Josh Duggar as well as that unfolds. Uh, I'm pretty sure someone's going to come forward with something. It's going to start all over again now that he's back in the media. And yeah, it's probably worse than we think, but who knows? We'll just have to let the justice system do the right thing and hope that the family fucking accepts that there's that their kids are not all perfect. So that's just what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, thank you guys for listening and make sure you leave us a review on Apple podcasts and tell your family and friends to let us know any creepy things that have happened to them by DMing us at our gimme the creeps, Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. So did we give you the creeps?